Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's on this town tonight Hey, welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Alex Clancy in studio 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Got a lot to talk about today. Going to rapid fire through it. Uh, Kwame might be calling in, but for uh, all intents and purposes, you're stuck with me today. Uh, Derek Rose practices will play Friday for USA. I'll definitely cover that. Talk about again why I think that he should be um, sitting at home, rehabbing, practicing, playing uh, light pickup games, but not playing in the uh, high-pressure situation that is FIBA USA World Basketball. Johnny Manziel fined $12,000 for his obscene gesture uh, in the last preseason game. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and LeGarrette Blunt have apologized for being caught with weed. Uh, you don't say. Uh, this is going to be, I believe, a team-sanctioned suspension. If they do get suspended, which I believe they will, and the Steelers are talking about uh, staggering the suspensions so they'll have a starting running back in each of the games, which I'm, I'm not sure is necessarily fair. I don't know if the NFL is going to step in or not, but that'll be something to keep uh, keep your uh, finger on the pulse with. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I will talk about him. I know that him and Tiger Woods uh, were on Jimmy Fallon a few days ago, so I know it's a little bit old news, but I, I want to touch on that again and talk about his reaction to shooting a 74 at the Barclays opening round and and it just solidifying the fact of how mature this kid is and how much balance he has in his life. And and then if you've heard anything in the past month, I've definitely talked about that more than anything with regards to Rory as well as his play, obviously, over the past year. Derek Rose... It's a very polarizing situation. This guy is one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA when healthy. He won the MVP a few years back, I believe the youngest player ever to do so. Uh, he took Chicago by storm when they drafted him number one overall. He came onto the court and just showed that he didn't need uh, more than one year in college to you know, to to solidify his craft. Now, I, I truly believe that he should have stayed a couple more years to tweak and strengthen his body, his ability to be a point guard. Because in the NBA, it's obviously different. You know, you can you can cruise through college basketball on pure talent alone, and he's freakishly talented. So uh, that is not something that I'll ever question. Uh, the first ACL injury, you know, might have been a fluke. Just landed wrong in the playoff game and dashed the hopes of the number one seed Chicago Bulls that year uh, for any possible chance of winning a championship. And he sat out, he sat out, he sat out maybe longer than people thought that he should have. He was medically cleared to play, but emotionally, mentally, he wasn't ready to get on the court and, and test the knee again. And of course, he, he tore his ACL a second time. So, flash forward to now. Uh, he's got knee soreness because he hasn't played competitive basketball in a long time. And he's on the world stage 
with the elite of the NBA trying to win a FIBA championship that, in my opinion, isn't really that big of a deal. It's a big deal for other countries that don't have the the high-powered competition that the NBA possesses. But I just don't see it as something that is necessary for Derrick Rose to be taking part in right now. Everybody in Chicago will be watching every game, every practice that's televised with bated breath, hoping that he doesn't get injured again. I just think it's it, it's tempting fate too much. And Tom Thibodeau's there, his head coach, and, you know, it's... He'd be the first one to say, okay, sit down. You know, you don't look right. I, I, I see you twinged your knee, uh, you know, things like that, because he wants to protect his product. So, I, you know, it's, he played well in the first game. He looked like the old Derrick Rose, and that's never anything that we've questioned before. That's never anything that's, that's been up for debate. When he's on the court and he's playing full speed, he's special. He's got great handles. He gallops down the lane. He's a great slasher. He can finish around the basket. He can jump through the roof. Not as as high as he used to be able to, but he'll get back there. Just begs the question, is the FIBA championship important enough to put the rest of his career in jeopardy? And obviously, in, in lieu of the of the Paul George freak injury that'll keep him off his feet until at least January, before he can actually walk. I I, I don't know why Derrick Rose is even tempting it. However, he's playing uh, the next game on Friday, and we'll we'll see we'll see where it goes. On the upside of all of this situation, he's getting some run. You know, he's getting some com- competitive basketball under his belt. And obviously, that is one of the main reasons why he's taking part in USA Basketball. Also, I understand and I get it that it's an honor to play for your country. I understand that, but this isn't the Olympics. This isn't anything that, that comes close to the Olympics. It pales in comparison. And when you have so many young, talented athletes in the NBA, Anthony Davis, James Harden, you know, players like that. I know that James Harden is about the age of Derrick Rose. Anthony Davis is only, you know, two years younger. You let, let the young kids play. On the other side of that argument, however, they have a lot more to lose because they haven't made their money yet. James Harden has. Anthony Davis hasn't. He hasn't gotten that big deal, the max deal that he will inevitably get, barring injury. So I just don't... I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer in this whole situation for who should play, who shouldn't play. Should college guys play? I don't think so because, you know, that's, that's even more of a risk because if they, have, if they have aspirations of making it to the NBA and they get injured in, in quote-unquote exhibition play albeit against professionals from other countries, you know, really, really good NBA professionals from other countries, it, it, it's not worth it. Their whole future could be, could, could be put in peril. 
So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's a day by day thing, and and he could be fine. That could be it. He could have could have leaped the hurdle and have a you know a great rest of his career without any injury. And I hope that happens. You never want anybody to get hurt, especially somebody that that has an elite status like Derrick Rose had. That I'm sure if he stays healthy, he will get back up. You know, up to that plateau, up to that point. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. The Kevin Love Andrew Wiggins trade is official. Kevin Love will be wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey number forty two next year. Andrew Wiggins goes into the depths of hell of Minnesota. And who knows? You know, when Kevin when Kevin Garnett got drafted to Minnesota. It was a bad place to play, and, and he re- and he brought that city to prominence. He brought good players in. Latrell Sprewell when he was really good. Sam Cassell, who was, I mean, he was he was great. They ran into the Lakers, unfortunately, with Shaq and Kobe. But it shows that you can win anywhere if you have pieces around you. I mean, that's, that, that's a pretty obvious statement. So Andrew Wiggins is going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders. A lot of weight. With Jabari Parker in Milwaukee, that has that haven't been relevant forever. Minnesota that hasn't been relevant forever. Those are the top two picks. I'm not sure how much intestinal fortitude these teenagers have with respect to to running a franchise, being the face of a franchise. They haven't learned how to be teammates yet, and 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 that's not their fault. AAU basketball teaches you to be a star. You need to be better than the player next to you. And yes, with point guards, I understand. You know, you have to facilitate, and, and, and that's that's your the focal point of what's going to get you to the next level. I understand that. But with, sh- with shooting guards, combo shooting guard forwards, that's not it. You're not there to pass the ball. You're there to shoot the rock. You're there to slash. You're there to dunk. You're there to rebound. You're there to play defense, and Andrew Wiggins plays great defense. But it's going to be a difficult test for these guys. They don't have much to work with. Minnesota has a little bit more than Milwaukee. I couldn't name you the starting five in Milwaukee right now. But Jabari Parker will be there. And he's, I mean... If he averages, you know, 13 and 10 this year, which will probably be difficult. I mean, look at 15 and 6. Is that a win? Are, 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 we, are we making these guys average 20 and 20 and 8 their rookie year for, for it to be considered a success? I mean, it's not fair, but I mean, that's, that's the day and age now. You come out after a year of college only, you're expected to perform because otherwise... If you didn't think you could play at an NBA level right away, you would stay a couple more years in college, in theory. Minnesota, Ricky Rubio, uh, Nikola Petrovic. Petrovic is he's good. I mean, he he's he's a very very underrated center if he can stay on the court. He's a double double machine if he can stay on the court, and I think he'll flourish with Kevin Love gone. But I mean, obviously, you're losing a bigger piece than you're gaining with Andrew Wiggins. It, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough road for both these guys. But that's 
It's business. This is the NBA. You're getting smacked in the face right away, Andrew Wiggins. You are never safe. Especially when you're an unproven 19-year-old who didn't show much in the NCAA tournament. I mean, who would have thought that Joel Embiid might be in the best position out of the three of them? I understand Philadelphia has been awful, but Nerlens Noel will be healthy. We'll see what he can do. Joel Embiid will get back to health, and you can't teach height. You can't teach the it factor that he has, a la Hakeem Olajuwon, who he's being compared to. You can't teach it. Michael Carter-Williams had a great rookie year. People thought that Philly reached on him mid-first round, but you know he, he's, he did a really good job last year. So they have young, talented kids on their team. So, I mean, it, and I think that that's a great spot for Embiid. And for him, unlike the other two, Philly can't get any worse. So building little pieces, putting them together, and building excitement in one of the best cities in America is a great thing. It's going to be really, really fun to watch this year. I still think Julius Randle is the most NBA-ready player. He's going to be on a really bad team in L.A., but I think that he is going to make the biggest impact of all of them. So uh, officially, Cleveland has traded Kevin Love to... uh, uh, Minnesota has traded Kevin Love to Cleveland for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Cleveland on paper looks like the best team in the NBA. I can I can say that, yes, best team in the NBA on paper. You have to give the Clippers a little like, it, it it's like a, I don't know a grading curve, because the Clippers might look like the best team on paper, but they're the Clippers, so you lose like ten percent. You lose something because I mean, yes, Steve Ballmer is a new owner and Donald Sterling is out. But, I mean, they're still unproven. They've had chances, and, and they haven't. Uh, I mean, they almost, lost to, they almost lost to Golden State in the first round. If Chris Paul would have been called for a foul on a three-point shot towards the, the tail end of, of the, the last game, they might not have got out of the first round. So Cleveland, I mean, good for them. You know, they're, this is, this is going to be the time where Cleveland has to prove that you know, the, the, they can win. And LeBron's got to prove. He's got to prove he can be a leader pretty much by himself. So he has, it's him and then two, you know, A-minus players in the NBA. Because, I mean, I don't really think, I don't really think that, I mean, Kyrie Irving's not a superstar yet. Kevin Love, yeah, okay, so he's an A player. There are very few A-plus players like LeBron. I mean, him, Durant. I mean, I wouldn't even put Carmelo in that situation, not even because of my personal uh, thoughts about him. But Kevin Love's there, and, and, and it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun year. If Chicago comes back strong like, like they should, Derrick Rose comes back healthy, that could be a fun Easter Conference Finals. Because I think those are the only two teams that really can get there. When you have a starting lineup of Derrick Rose... Jimmy Butler, uh, Pau Gasol, Joe Kim Noah, 
And I mean, Doug McDermott might be the starting three there at some point. You have Taj Gibson coming off the bench who could, you know, be a 40-minute-per-game starter elsewhere and maybe be, maybe be an all-star. They're looking pretty good in Chicago. Washington's not there yet. They showed flashes last year in the playoffs, but they're still young. John Wall led the NBA in turnovers, I believe, last year. Bradley Beal, you know, if, if he can keep going up, I mean, he's only 20, I think. It's out of control. If he can keep going up, I mean, I mean, they have a shot, but they can't stay healthy. Martian Gortat has had a lot of miles on his tires because he's played so much internationally. They lost Trevor Reza, which I think is, is going to be a huge, a huge miss for them. Because he had those intangibles. He played defense. He hit the three ball. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't think Toronto's for I don't think Toronto's for real. Bobcats are better, but obviously not even close. So it's Cleveland and Chicago, which is exciting. It's fun when Chicago's good. Because people still people still think that, you know, and I, I'm actually one of these people, that all of their luck for the whole city with regards to basketball was taken up in the 10-year span that Michael Jordan was the best player on the planet. Six championships, everything went right. It's it just, it was... <laughs> It was good then, and now it's kind of it, everything that everything bad that possibly could have happened to Chicago basketball has happened since then. I like to see LeBron versus Derrick Rose. So much more fun than LeBron versus Paul George. There's so much more star power. Two MVPs going head to head. Joachim Noah finished. I think uh, I don't know. Fifth this year in the All-Star voting. Paul Gasol's always been there. He's won championships, so he'll definitely add some some experience that, that's needed in, in, in the city of Chicago. And then Kevin Lowe's never gotten to the playoffs. Kyrie Irving's never got to the playoffs. So it, it, that would be a fun dynamic. I'm picking that right now. Chicago, Cleveland, Eastern Conference Finals. Carmen Lester, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. I'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we're starting to starting to uh, broaden the horizons here at the music. I appreciate that. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, VoiceAmerica.com, 888-346-9144. The Cleveland Cavaliers have officially traded Andrew Wiggins to Minnesota for Kevin Love. Uh, I said it here first, August 21st, 2014. I mean, it might be a little... Might might be a little early, you know, about a, <laughs> about ten months early, but I'm I'm picking Cleveland and Chicago in the Eastern Conference Finals. Rory McIlroy, after shooting a 74 in the first round of the Barclays, pretty much said, "It's inevitable that I were to have this round after playing such great golf the whole year." Man, I love this kid, Tiger Woods. Uh, what do you think about the 74? Oh, I missed some shots and I uh, I left some putts out there, but I'm but I'm almost there. You know, I'm playing good. I'm playing good. Come on, this is what a real interview should be. I sucked. Yes, I I, I stunk. And hey, I played really good golf for a calendar year. So get off my back. You know, I mean, it's he he's gonna make it to the next round of the FedEx Cup anyways. So it it doesn't really matter. I mean, he, he just can't shoot 60 over, and he'll be fine. I just love how matter-of-fact he is. He answers questions correctly. He he gives eye contact. I mean, this kid, is, <laughs> he plays and acts like he's 40 years old. And he's been doing this forever. I mean, he has been doing this for the majority of his life. I understand that. But he it's so refreshing. I mean, I'm not saying he's the only one. He's the only one that answers questions. I understand. I mean, I, I get that. But the new wave of talented, mature golfers—Ricky Fowler, Keegan Bradley, Rory McIlroy—you know, the the list goes on and on. It's exciting to watch these guys because they're personable. They're they're just like us. And and they happen to be, you know, uh, supremely talented and rich and popular, and it's when you can relate to somebody that's on the big stage, it makes you like that person even more. And the balance that he has in his life, and I talked about this in the opening, you can tell the golf started as a hobby. And ended up being a career. Ended up being his profession. He has friends. He travels. You know, he loves beer. He does all these things that a 25-year-old kid should. And it's great. And it takes nothing away from his game. It's so difficult in individual sports to have that balance. Because it's only you. There's nothing you can hide behind. If if you blow up a course and shoot an 80, there's nobody else to blame but yourself. So if you want to become a top-tier athlete in an individual sport, you have to practice. You have to practice. You have to practice. It's like, I mean, so to a certain extent, so Ray Allen is known around the NBA all sports lovers know that Ray Allen shows up three hours before every game and shoots jump shots. This guy has made more threes than anybody in NBA history. This guy is top three, I believe, in free throw percentage in NBA history. He's won two championships. 
he's still there as if he's a rookie. Three hours early, shooting jump shots. Shooting three-pointers. He plays a game before the game even starts. And he's still the Energizer Bunny at the age of 37 or however old he is. That's what it takes to be great. And Rory McIlroy has that portion down, and he still finds time to have fun with his friends. Still finds time to travel. And again, I'm not saying he's the only one, but this is who I'm talking about at this given moment. He shoots a 74, and he said, yeah, I stunk. Yeah, pretty much. But I've played really good. I've played really well the past several months, so it was bound to happen. I mean, it was one sentence. The one sentence is what I took away, and it, it was the greatest thing. And then with the Jimmy Fallon thing, with him and Tiger Woods on Jimmy Fallon, you could see in his eyes how much he idolized Tiger Woods, which was so cool. Because he has every right right now in our society, it, it, he has every right, I guess you could say, to just be a punk. More money than he knows what to do with. Four majors. He's the third youngest to get there to, to four majors. He's a Masters away from the career Grand Slam that only four of the people have done. So, I mean, it's like he has, he has a world at his fingertips right now, and he's just cool. He genuinely loves Tiger Woods for what he's done for the game. I mean, Tiger's made him a lot more money than if Tiger wasn't ever a part of golf and where he was golfing. I mean, obviously, majors would be, you know, $500,000 wins instead of, you know, one8 But he truly idolizes him still. And their bond early, and I said this uh, two days ago, I believe, their bond early on was Rory hanging on to Tiger, and now it's Tiger hanging on to Rory. Because you can see the separation day by day getting further and further apart. Tiger waning and Rory just elevating. When you're as exposed as golfers are, it's difficult to be cool all the time. You don't have to be. You can show emotion. I mean, you're human. You hit a bad shot. You want to you snap your three-wood over your, over your knee, which I almost did two days ago playing golf. Shooting a 115 was awful. You can do it. I mean, proverbially, not actually snap your three-wood because you're probably going to need it on the next hole. But having the emotional and mental balance and social balance is key, especially this day and age for individual, individual athletes. Ricky Fowler, everybody loves him. He has, he has great friends. He likes to party. Seems really quiet on the course. Doesn't really give much emotion one way or the other. Jason Duffner, when he won the when he won the PGA, he just went up, hugged his wife, and walked off the course. Keegan Bradley on the sidelines, uh, uh, you know, in the rough uh, with the with the gallery, was going nuts. He was jumping around like a crazy person. Jason Duffner just cool. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting time in the world of golf. Commercials are now starting to feature, and I talked about this three months ago. If you want people to follow golf, take Phil and Tiger out of commercials. Put Ricky Fowler, 
put Dustin Johnson, which is kind of problematic at this point. You know, put Matt Kuchar. People know Jim Furyk for for his swing that makes mine look fluid. Put all the guys that are up and comers. Webb Simpson, all these guys, Jimmy Walker, up and coming on commercials. It'll force people and put their name under it. Put their name under them so people can recognize face to name. And then when you see them on the leaderboard, it's like, oh, I saw that guy in the commercial. And you start building viewer athlete rapport. People start finding favorite athletes, favorite golfers that aren't named Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. This game will explode, and it's starting to. I understand the TV ratings are way down. People don't golf anymore. It's, it's, it's expensive. It's expensive to golf, especially nice courses. There's a course here that's $250 in season. People don't have that kind of money to golf, so it's difficult to just go you know, to the driving range and not actually be able to play a course. So it takes some of the, some of the connection away from you know, watching and playing. There are very few sports where you can go on to the, the course of play that the athletes play on and try and emulate that. I mean, golf is one of, I mean, it, it might be number one in excitement. I mean, it's like, so you watch Roy McIlroy hit a drive right down the middle, hit, hit a nine iron in, into a, you know, a 500-yard par four, and make a putt for birdie, you can do that. Like, in theory, you can do that. It's not like football where, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't imitate that in day-to-day life. You can't play tackle football with pads and a 100-yard field and all these things. You can't do that. Basketball, to a certain degree, you can but a lot of play, a lot of people that play basketball aren't high flyers, you know, like Derrick Rose or you know Kevin Durant, LeBron, who can just jump up and, and throw the throw the rock down. You, I mean, it, it's so that's close. But golf, bowling, you know, like those two are the ones where you can watch and repeat just by practice and repetition, and that's what's lacking in this day and age because people aren't playing golf. And there are so many golf tournaments now on TV that it's muddying the waters to a certain degree. They have the FedEx Cup playoffs at the end of the year, which is great. That makes the last few tournaments relevant, which is fantastic. They have the leaderboard all year, so you can follow your favorite player, which is great. They have the four majors that still, in my opinion, are the best 16 days of the year. You know, pending uh, or barring a playoff. Best 16 days of the year. I started picking up golf recently again. I've gone out 10 times in the last month and a half because I've been watching golf, and it's you pick up little tips from these guys. I made a 35-foot putt two days ago, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That feels good because pros do that. I did something that a pro does, obviously more regularly than I do, but it's a great connection to have if you have the chance to play golf. I mean, people work 60, 70 hours a week. Nobody can get out and play. Maybe golf lovers will follow it on their phone or DVR the final round, maybe catch an hour or two of it. But the connection is gone. 
And I think my point is coming up with these 25-year-old, 26-year-old guys that are very personable, that are great at their craft, it might start reeling people back in. And I think commercials on the Golf Channel and on NBC or CBS, whatever the tournaments are on, they need to flood the market with these guys' faces. I talked yesterday about why would Under Armour give anybody $270 million to wear their stuff. People are going to buy Under Armour anyways. Clothing and marketing a sport is completely different. I think all the marketing money for golf needs to go towards pumping out these players' faces, maybe highlight reels, great shots that they've, that they've made, and get people back into golf. Because if people aren't playing, you're going to need to make them want to watch golf more just by commercials, just by you know magazines, articles, not by the clubs that they're playing with, but by just their faces, just them, interviewing them, building rapport. It's, it's, a, it's an insurmountable task at times. Understood. But it's something that needs to be done in an effort to keep golf from having a tombstone. And, and I think Roy McIlroy is a great face. Ricky Fowler is a great face. Dustin Johnson, when he comes back, he'll be a comeback story after dealing with his personal demons. He's a great golfer. He's got great balance. I mean, the cocaine stuff, it's awful. Okay? I mean, that, that is something that, you know, it doesn't happen a lot in golf. But it doesn't mean, that, again, new day and age. A lot of things are, are kind of, uh, you know, molding, meshing together. Professional sports are professional sports. In the next 10 years, golf will either be greater than it's ever been with regards to people watching, loving, being engaged, or it's going to die. This is the crossroads, because Tiger's going to be out soon. Phil's going to be done with it. I mean, Phil's going to be, what is he, 42, 43? What does he have? You know, four good years left? Five? Somebody's going to have to be the heir apparent, and we don't know who it is yet. I mean, it looks like Rory now. It's easy to say that it's Rory now. A year and a half ago, like, where the hell is Rory? He was dealing with a personal relationship that obviously didn't, wasn't exactly what he wanted, which is fine. You're young. You make decisions. You make mistakes sometimes. You choose to go a different path. I mean, I, I'm, I wouldn't have sent her a text message after the wedding, after the, uh, the uh, wedding invitations were sent out. But that's just me. The next 10 years are paramount for the future of golf. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That's my thesis. Rory McIlroy... The face, the demeanor, the balance, the matter-of-fact interviews where he just gives it to you straight. I still, it's great. I I mean, I'll gush about this guy. Even when, say he doesn't win a major next year, 
we will hear everything that's going on in his head as to why. And that's all I want. I want personal interaction through the TV. That's what I want. I want to know what these players are thinking. I don't want to hear generic answers. When he was going through his, his spell, I mean, when a spell of awful golf a year, year and a half, two years ago, the interview that, that still sticks out is, I mean, he says, I don't, I don't know what's going on. My head's not right. Who says that? That shows weakness. That shows... <laughs> if you're a professional, you don't say that. You're a man. You don't say that. I think those time, that time is gone. So at least for him. He's been an open book since day one, and I love it. This is what could potentially bring golf back. I hope he continues to wink so it'll be easier for golf to, you know, ride his coattails through the tough time, you know, through the muck that they're in right now to a certain degree. Not having to rely on Tiger to bring people out. Not even, not, I mean, because that, that's really what it is. A lot of times these fields, the practice round that Tiger Woods played had more people following him, you know, than, than every other day of the, ra- of, of the real tournament aside from Sunday. It's crazy. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio, 888-346-9144. Johnny Menzel gives the finger, gets fined. I'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Ambassador Sports Talk, 888-346-9144, Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Download the Voice America radio app. Streams everything seamlessly. So get it, it's easy. Just put it on your smartphone, iPad, plug it in before you, you know, you start driving, just listen to us. It's easy. You know? You can go to the website. All of our old shows are archived. Uh, search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on voiceamerica.com. 
can listen to anything and everything that we've talked about in the last, you know, four years. Johnny Mansell gets fined $12,000 for flipping off the opposing team's bench. I think he has this in his back pocket. I think it was $12,000 that he used to make that wad of cash cell phone that he pretended to have. I think he used less of it when he rolled up that you know $100 bill in the bathroom that kind of went away. But, eh. Fine, 12 grand, fine. I mean, it, it's not going to stop him. I wonder if he's going to be more of a pariah than... Than an, than an important figure in the NFL with regards to actual football. I wonder if he'll learn. I wonder if he'll get worse. There's no way he can get worse. Like, there's no way that coming into the NFL won't humble him, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got to. His head can't get any, can't get any bitter, bigger. Excuse me. Backup quarterback Johnny Manziel. But he never thought he'd hear those words uttered. And now Coach Pettin saying that a two-quarterback system is not off the table. Man, I loved this guy up to when he said that. I love that he's going with Brian Hoyer. I love that he's not giving Johnny Manziel the key to the city yet. I love that he's not letting the fans decide who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I love it. I love that he walked into Cleveland and took over. I'm not saying a lot of coaches would. I'm not saying several coaches would. But I'm saying there's a couple coaches in the NFL that would have just started Johnny Manziel because that's what everybody wanted. And he would have been fired the next year. Coach Pettin is deciding what he wants to do for the better future of his team. This is his team on the field. He makes the decisions. And he's showing that. Now, until this two-quarterback system thing, you got to be kidding me. What is this, Ohio State? Circa 96, Peppy Pearson? LSU, Jordan Jefferson? I mean, come on. Two-quarterback system in the NFL, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I can't believe this is even a thing. I can't believe this is even a thing. This is him hedging his bet because he can't make a right decision. He he couldn't have made a right decision. Brian Hoyer's not good enough to be a starting quarterback. Johnny Manziel is not good enough to be a starting quarterback, but he chose the veteran as well he should have. So now he's coming up with this, you know, hybrid idea that could, you know, potentially make him look like a genius, you know, probably 1% of it actually, you know, really working. But this is something that will make the media happy in Cleveland. It'll make the fans happy. Ooh, ooh, Johnny Menzel still my play in week one. He's still my play. Ah. Man, I was on the pet and train. Oh, well, this probably won't happen. But it's interesting to talk about. I don't want to talk about Johnny Manziel anymore. But we got to keep. We got to continue until week one. And I think that it'll go away. I mean, I, I know that that's crazy to say. 
I know it's crazy to say that Johnny Manziel will ever go away from Backpage News. But I think that if Cleveland wins week one, if they if they lose 35 nothing, Johnny Manziel will start in week two. That defense is too good in Cleveland for that to happen. So Brian Horry will be playing a couple weeks thanks to the defense alone, in my opinion. I think Joe Hayden has cemented himself as you know a top three cornerback in the league. Carlos Dansby. I mean, they have... <laughs> They have a really good defense, and Brian Hoyer is thanking his lucky stars for that and for the offseason that that Cleveland you know, had strength-wise bringing in all of these defensive players. Losing one, bringing in you know, four or five solid, solid defenders. So, I mean, Brian Hoyer, week one, even if they lose and it's close, he'll, he'll play week two. I think more than ever... They're going to look at his numbers more than wins and losses. And that's sick. You know, that's sick. But that's how that, I think that's how it's going to be because Johnny Menzel obviously has a higher ceiling and a deeper floor. What I meant by this will all go away is Brian Horry's solid. You know, he's a game manager. I hate that phrase. Everybody uses that for everybody now that doesn't throw 400 yards a game. And that's what, like five, five, six quarterbacks in the NFL, four quarterbacks in the NFL that have the potential to do that. I think it'll go away because Johnny Manziel will understand then, week one, kickoff, where he's not sweating the whole game. He's wearing his pads, no helmet, wearing a hat, headset, clipboard, that, oh man, I'm not bigger than the game anymore. And I think that the media will understand, hopefully, that he's taken that approach, and when his time comes, he will play. But until then, he will be a good teammate, and he will root on Brian Hoyer. I truly think that there's good in Johnny Menzel. He just hasn't found it yet because he hasn't got smacked in the face with reality yet, that he's not a senior in high school anymore. He's a freshman in college. That's what it is. That realization hasn't come to him yet. But week one, it's going to be instant. And take nothing away from Brian Hoyer yet, because he's still unproven. I mean, this could be a Kevin Cobb situation. I understand that. It's 3-0 last year. That's pretty good. I mean, Josh Gordon, I mean, helped him a lot. I understand that. Jordan Cameron, Jordan Cameron uh, had a huge start to the year, and that was thanks to Brian Hoyer. Jordan Cameron looked like like he was going to be a pro bowler through five weeks. So it looks like Brian Hoyer has his favorite target, which is Jordan Cameron. He's healthy. An average quarterback's best friends, strong defense, average to above average running game, and a tight end. That's what it is. And he has that. I mean, Ben Ben Tate's good. Ben Tate will be fine if he stays healthy. But he'll stay healthy through the first couple weeks, and that's all Brian Hoyer needs. Because, I mean, if, if he goes, you know, 18 for 28 for 220 and a touchdown first three weeks, he's the, he's the starter. That's it. Johnny Manziel will be on the bench. And I don't think that at the first sign of of peril 
I don't think head coach is going to just throw Manziel in. This guy seems to be a very cerebral guy. Seems to understand exactly what's going on, being very existential about it, not looking at the big picture, looking at day-to-day. And I think that it's going to be good for Cleveland in the long run. But at some point, the decision is going to have to be made. And, and, and we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, LeGarrette Blunt, 20 grams a pot, took the blame, suspension's pending. As I said in the opening, also, Pittsburgh is talking about staggering the suspension so they both don't miss the same games. Because they have nobody else on that roster that has ever had a rushing attempt in an NFL game. This can't happen, number one. The NFL needs to step in if, they're, if, if uh, Pittsburgh's trying to do this. It needs to be punished. And you're not punished if you have one of these two guys every, every week. It's impossible. You can't do it. It'll be like nothing ever happened. It'll be like, you know, some guy you know has a, has a you know low ankle sprain and just sits out for a week. Can't do it. Especially in the NFL when things are so important. Every game, every play, every down, everything is so important. It's so magnified. The NFL is going to have to step in if that if that's what is what what uh, Pittsburgh is trying to do. Got about seven minutes left. Alex Clancy in studio, solo today, 888-346-9144. There's been a lot of talk about changing, moving back the extra point attempt, you know, changing the game. And, and the game has changed. The game is changing every day. You know, safety is first. And take it, take it as you wish. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it however you want. Roger Goodell, in my opinion, is trying to protect these players. And, you know, former players, current players, don't like them. And that's fine. And I'll never understand that. I, I, I get that. The game is changing. Extra point. They want to move back. Make it a 35-yarder. You know, uh, put it at, you know, put it at the 15-yard line. Make it more difficult. The game is slow as it is. So, having, it's just, I think it's unnecessary, is my point. The extra point you shouldn't have to think about. That, that's what it is. You kick it, you make the extra point. Do you want to do you want to lose a game, twelve six? That wouldn't be right. Yeah, twelve six because with three missed extra points. Do you want to lose a playoff game by missing an extra point because there's wind? It's not. It, it's not conducive to the flow of the game. It's not conducive to football. And with people that say that football is 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 too slow. I think that because there's only 18 weeks of football without playoffs, people and the NFL and media and you know the TV contracts and everything, people like to cherish every single second of those 18 weeks. So the fact that it's slow doesn't really bother me. I mean, I, I enjoy football all the time. I don't, I don't care that... You know, there's a there's a touchdown, and then you know a minute and a half later there's an extra point, and then there's a commercial, and then there's a kickoff, and then there's a commercial. I don't care because I love football and I love enjoying those few months of you know Xanadu. 
I love it. And it's upon us. So, I mean, with regards to the extra point, leave it. You don't, you don't have to change it. I mean, there's really no point in changing it. But what would be the upside? Making it more difficult? Kickers already get enough crap for not being able to do their job correctly. You only have to do one thing. You only have to do one thing. What, what are we paying you for missing, missing field goals? I, I don't know. I don't want to care about kickers. I just want them to make the extra point and go kick off. I understand everybody's professionals. I get that. But at, with, with it being so difficult to score a touchdown in the NFL, why would you make the extra point difficult also? It should be, you know, it's a bonus point. And strategically, you go for two, you know. It, so if they move the extra point back to, say, the 25-yard line, makes it a 42-yarder. If you go for two, do you have to go from the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line? That would make it almost impossible to get a two-point conversion. Albeit you do, I mean, you get more space, but still. Just don't, don't mess it. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. I feel like at this point, the rules are great. Defensive players might have, might have something to say about that with hitting the quarterback. That's fine. I like to see points. I like to see interceptions. I like to see the ball thrown. I like to see, you know, I, I like to see impactful plays. I don't want flags to determine the outcome of a game. And again, to the, to the defensive side of the football, that happens sometimes. But I think right now, the NFL is in a great spot with regards to rules, regulations. They're starting to notice that they're behind the curve on suspensions, on the protocol. But it's slowly starting to get there. And even thinking about moving the extra point is ridiculous. Let's focus on the important stuff. Alex Clancy, Cormac Lasseter Sports Talk. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys Monday. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.